We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thank you, Brad. 806 on a Tuesday night. George Sells with you. Camo X at your service. We're here until 11 o'clock tonight talking about all that's going on around St. Louis today and we'll be opening up the lines here later on plenty of things to talk about we're going to be kicking things off here in just a moment uh, with discussion of the NFL possibly returning to St. Louis what's up with that we'll be into that in a moment uh covid cases dro- dropping that's something good to hear spoke to the head of the St. Louis Metro St. Louis Pandemic Task Force and uh, we're going to hear from him. And one of the things that he is discussing is what could be a little bit of a Christmas present. We'll have that coming up for you here. And have you heard they're refocusing on the area of I-70 up by the airport in North County? People are driving too fast there, apparently. Is it me or are they always refocusing on that stretch of highway? It makes no sense to me. But I want to hear from you on that. What are, what are the worst speed traps in the St. Louis area? Let's talk about that. This one, I don't know if you don't, the police will like us calling it a speed trap, but let's see, when they hide out in the one place all the time to try to pull people over for speeding, call it what you like. Anyway, a few things coming up. We're going to start, we're just going to do it right out of the chute. Talk a little bit of, talk a little bit of football. KMOX Sports Director Tom Ackerman on the line. Tom, thanks for joining us tonight. George, it's great to be back with you. How you doing? I am doing great, and I appreciate you coming on with me every now and then. I know I'm keeping you up past your bedtime, but this just seemed like one that uh, we had to hash through. The idea, and uh, let me I didn't set this up at all, so let me do that first. Uh, article by Mike Florio, well-known pro football writer, profootballtalk.com, uh, very plugged in around the NFL. In fact, he was among those breaking the John Gruden story last night that we heard so much about. But his big story on the site yesterday was talking about the extreme discomfort among many in NFL ownership circles with where the lawsuit between the city of St. Louis and the Rams is going, basically saying that St. Louis has a tiger by the tail and talking about the concept that they could go into settlement talks and they could theoretically offer an expansion team to St. Louis as part of a settlement. So, Tom, what do you think, as a man with his finger on the pulse of sports in this town, and he's certainly been covering it for a long time, how would this go over? So <laughs> that's a good question. I will. I'll first say this: it was a fascinating report, and there's been a lot of that 
kind of out there. It is, I think, still very much speculation. I think when you cite league circles, that is intriguing. I think that probably Mike Florio has been, you know, hearing from, as you mentioned, you know, NFL ownership, not very happy with the way things are going. So perhaps this has been floated out there as a suggestion. I don't always trust what the NFL says, first of all. So absolutely. Right. I'll just kind of take it for whatever at the moment. But let's say that it does happen. I think it would go over well. Uh, I I think that uh, an NFL team in the largest market in the country without an NFL team uh, would go over very well in a city that loves sports. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very special sports town. We all know that we all know that the NFL, when it was going very well uh, in this city was great and, and certainly was a lot of fun, but you know, that's complicated. I mean, how do you get uh, an, an NFL team into St. Louis? You'd have to, if I'm, if I'm St. Louis, first of all, the fans and everybody else uh, involved in, in the, in the move would I think be an agreement in that you ask for everything. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) We're not getting burned again. So a 100 year lease on a stadium built by the NFL. Okay. That's yeah. (laughs) And the owner of our choice. So here's what we want. We would like a stadium. We'd like an owner who loves us. We would like an assurance that they will never leave again. We like that in writing. Uh, we'd like this, we'd like this. And, uh, you know, and a steak sandwich. No, I mean, you know, so like, you know, you, you want everything. And then you ask uh, and negotiate if that were to happen. I mean, that'd be great. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that it's probably one of many options out there that are being floated because clearly the NFL owners are getting their butt, uh, the NFL uh, lawyers are getting their butts kicked and they're good too. You know, oh, they're getting are, their butts handed to them. And, and, and I think you know, what's they, really interesting here is, the, I'm sorry. Yeah. These are supposed to be the best, the best in the business. I mean, they're getting paid a lot of money, and and St. Louis is just handing it to them. And and you know, so I think it's a message that, you know, occasionally these cities will punch back, and St. Louis is doing a good job of it. And I'll tell you what, I think what we're seeing here also is a true test of just how much these owners want to keep their books private. I think at the end of the day, what this is really turning into is we're going to find out just how much they have to hide. And it's good. And we're going to find it out through their actions. And I, I don't know what, you know, I say how much they have to hide. Is there something nefarious going on here? Who knows? Is it just that they're doing better than they should be and the, the players aren't getting the cut they should be getting? Who knows? But if they go to a point of offering up, say they, offer up the expansion team, say they throw in a stadium, agree to finance it. I mean, you're talking about billions of dollars, a lot of which will actually would be coming out of Stan Kroenke's pocket, which I would be lying if I said didn't make me smile just a little bit. But uh, I, I think you're really talking about a test of just how much these guys want to keep things close to the vest. Because if you'll spend those kinds of billions – just because you don't want somebody to see your checkbook or your tax return, uh, that's that to me just it it smells of something isn't right inside those books. Right. 
so, you know, do you keep pushing this thing and embarrass them further and, and go as far as you can, or do you take the settlement and what will that settlement be and how much money is going to come St. Louis's way and who, well, who gets it, I guess, is or where it goes is one question, but I think a question before that would be, you know, I wonder how long that will take. I mean, how much discussion will there be among owners as to who owes what? I don't think it's very clear how much is coming from Stan Kroenke and how much is coming from others. Well, they so say it's, they say that he supposedly Kroenke has assured the other owners that he would take care of any losses, that he would cover it. So, yeah. uh, but okay. but I think you get to you get to a point that I mean, even with uh, you know Stan's Walmart money, yeah, I don't know how much it, how much you can cover it. Yeah, some what point. does that mean? So he's going to cover what? He's going to cover legal fees. He's going to cover everything. I mean, you know, so I I don't totally trust that either. I'm not really. I have not heard concrete what that is. So, you know, that's that's a big question too. I'm sure, and and probably has created. Um, I don't know about uh, you know any sort of disagreement, but maybe a little bit of confusion as to what that actually is. So that that's another factor. I, I do think that if if it, the settlement was money, I think it will go to good. Uh, I'm not sure that that you know football fans in St. Louis are going to have their pockets lined with any cash, or any of us are going to see it. But we, you would see improvements um, in in St. Louis. But you know, an expansion team. It, I would love to think that the NFL would like to expand their league. And I would love to think that because of, and Florio actually referenced this in his story, that because of gambling legalized now in, in many states, that more teams means more inventory, means more people betting on more teams. Um, you know, those kind of things the league eventually would like to expand, I would think. Uh, but uh, and, and to a city like St. Louis, again, largest market without a team, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's that uh, much of a, a sure thing. Uh, but it, it is fun to think about, and I think your question right out of the gate is what, how would it go over is interesting. I do think that it would go well. I do think that there's a segment of fans in St. Louis who would say, you know what, I really don't care. I mean, I'm done with the NFL. You can do You can talk about it all you want. I'm done. I mean, I, I've I've now enjoyed my Sundays. I found other things to do. I've learned to live without the NFL, and I'm totally fine without an NFL team, and that's fine. But I do think mostly, if a team is good in this city, and if an NFL team is playing, that is a boost to the city's ego. It's a boost to tourism. It's a boost to the city itself, and it definitely attracts attention, and it's fun. And I think it would go over well as long as everything is handled properly in St. Louis's favor. And it would have to sway very much in our favor uh, for all of this to go down. Well, it's definitely something that's fun to th- fun to theorize about. And it's again, I think the most uh, enjoyable thing about that article that that you look at as it comes out is the fact that uh, it's pretty much become widely acknowledged that the city of St. Louis or the, the, the powers that be that are, that are funding the, uh, the legal battle are handing it to these NFL guys. And, uh, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of unhappy folks in the league office. And that's a lot of unhappy folks in places like Dallas and Los Angeles. But, uh, I just, I think it's nice to see 
for once some semblance of accountability when it comes to professional sports and the franchises cuz when it gets when it gets down to this business kind of stuff when it gets down to the treatment of communities there is very rarely any accountability I, in fact i can't even think of of a case when there ever has been and if we can do that first uh whether it's getting ourselves another team that way or just sticking it to them uh i think there's something to be said for uh, the the warning shot that will be fired across the bows of billionaire owners in sports across this country that maybe just maybe you ought to give a little bit of thought of how you're going to treat these cities uh, before you decide to just uh, trample on them. Amen, George. I, I think there is a historical context here. Uh, it's probably at, at this point, if this thing does finish the way that I think it's going to finish with St. Louis winning, then it is a sign to the league and to other cities that uh, don't mess with these cities again. You know, St. Louis stood up for itself. And Cleveland was awarded an expansion team after the Browns were ripped out of that great football town and went to Baltimore. Uh, They ended up getting the Cleveland Browns. Um, So, you know, it's not like it hasn't been done before. That one was a little bit different, but not really. Um, Yeah, we'll tell them we want the Cardinals name back, too. (laughs) We want (laughs) everything. Arizona may have something to say about that. Um, and and uh, by the way, that team is 5-0 and for the first time since the 1974 St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's been I, – I agree with you. It's been enjoyable to see the league sweat a little bit. I don't think this thing is over by any means. Um, and by that, I don't mean that the NFL is going to make a comeback here. I think that more bad things could happen to the league, more things could be exposed, more emails – could be put out there if if that becomes public. Uh, that is not good for a lot of people, I'm certain. So, ask John Gruden. At some point, they got to call it and say, "All right, let's settle this thing. We're we're getting beat here. All right, get this over. Let's put this to bed and pay the pay the fine or pay the freight, whatever we have to do, or just give this city a team and let's let's get over with." But it it, it is. Uh, an interesting process to, to watch over the years. And, and as someone who was there when you know, all of that was going down, a lot of us were covering that story. Um, it's amazing that here we are several years later, and this is still going on. Also, the fact that the Super Bowl is where this year? Crocky Palace. Yep. <laughs> and when's the trial supposed to be? January. This? Right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, probably not the best thing for everybody over there. <laughs> I would think that you're, they'd like to avoid that as much as they can. Not a good look. Well, Tom Ackerman, thank you so much. Get yourself to bed so we can listen to you in the morning. Well, I, I appreciate that. While I was talking to you, the Braves wa- uh, didn't walk it off, but uh, Freddie Freeman hit a home run to take the lead and then beat the Brewers. So the Braves are in the NLCS, and uh, so there's one team still to be determined here for a championship series, Giants-Dodgers. So, and the Dodgers are already up one nothing. And the Dodgers yeah, are already up one nothing. I know, and I was thinking about this too. So Red Sox, uh, Astros, Giants, or Dodgers, and Braves. I'm not sure there are any teams in there the Cardinals fans would be rooting for. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, I could have pulled for Bob Euchre and the Brewers. I definitely would have pulled for Larusa and the White Sox. I'm not sure there's any rooting interest. That sounds like a Twitter poll to me. I may have to put that out there. Are Cardinals fans pulling for anybody? Uh, it could it could turn into a uh, Patriots Rams Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Oh, I, well, I rooted for the Patriots heavily in that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darn right I did. I'm forever grateful to Tom Brady for that. Anyway. All right, Tommy. Have All a good right. night. Thank you so much. I think we lost Tom. 821. I'm George Sells with you. Coming up next, do we want to talk about this? Give us your two cents. Will you be interested in an NFL team showing up in St. Louis? Would you root for them? Would you go to the games? What's your take? Is soccer going to win that win out on this whole thing? Who knows? Give us a call coming up 314 436 7900. It's 821 on KMOX. Earning St. Louis's trust for 96 years. This is KMOX. A25 KMOX at your service. I'm George Sells with you until 11 o'clock. We just talked a little bit about the possibility that this court case, St. Louis versus the Rams and the NFL, could lead to a team coming back here, possibly an expansion team. There is talk, there are reports that there's talk amongst some of the NFL ownership circles about dangling an expansion franchise, potentially, as a settlement offer with St. Louis over this Rams case, case of fraud, essentially. And uh want to know what you think. 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120 if you're further out. But again, 314-436-7900. Let us know, would you support the team? What do you think of the idea of that being offered as some kind of restitution? And uh, want to hear from you. Pam from Collinsville, you're on KMOX. Hi. Hey, Pam, um, what's up? Well, I, I'm, I know absolutely nothing about football. And so I was wondering if you could take a minute and explain the whole controversy, break it down for somebody like me who really doesn't know what's going on with it. I don't understand why there's a court case or what we would be getting um, restitution for. I'm really clueless about football, so I was hoping that you could explain it to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's basically just about, you don't have to be a football fan, really. The Rams, of course, were here for 20 years. They Their owner left and took them off to Los Angeles uh, so he could make more money, and St. Louis was left with no team. And St. Louis, instead of just sitting back and taking it, filed a lawsuit essentially saying that the a number of things. That a lot of it's basically a fraud claim. Uh, they're basically saying that the NFL, uh, in talking about the fact that the NFL was saying that St. Louis would have a chance to keep the team, and basically St. Louis lawyers are proving that nope, they didn't have any chance to keep the team. The St. Louis did not have a chance to keep the team, and so they are suing uh, over that. Obviously, there are. Basic things like loss of money for the Dome at America Center and the uh, yeah, yeah. Regional Con- Visitors Bureau. Uh, but on top of that, uh, there's the possibility of punitive damages. And when you get into a court case, no matter what kind of lawsuit it is, punitive damages are basically determined by figuring out how much do we have to take from them to make it hurt. In other oh, words, no, I understand that part. Yeah. Oh, so, no, I understand punitive damages. Well, yeah. they, well, and, and that's really what, when, you, when you're talking about the NFL, which is about roughly a $10 billion a year industry, you're talking about owners who are all multi billionaires for, for the most part. Uh, what, what is punitive? And, and they work together. What is punitive? What makes them hurt? 
And well, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so the concept number one that the judge has already ruled that they're going to have to open up their books for everybody to see, so they can determine what punitive damages would be necessary. Uh, they don't like that, and so now they're looking for anything they can come up with to make this stop. And the possibility of an expansion team, which would be an incredibly valuable asset in and of itself, that cities would normally trip over each other to to bid on. Uh, they're talking about the possibility of just saying, make this go away, and it's yours. So that's kind of the general gist of it. Okay. Okay. Thanks for right, calling well, thank in. We appreciate so it. Jeff, you. in St. Charles, you're on KMOX. Yeah. Um, I got a question. It's a, it's a baseball ruling, actually. Um, I'm pretty, pretty well versed on the rules, but I've got one that's stumping me. Um, a pitcher is pitching a perfect game. Through the ninth inning, it's zero to zero. You go to the – he has no no walks, no runs, no pass balls. Nothing. I mean, he's got a perfect game going. In the tenth inning, the visiting team has a man on second. The first two batters hit fly, fly balls in the outfield, and the runner tags up twice. They score a run. In the bottom of the tenth, we get two runs. We win the game two to one. Does the pitcher get credited for a perfect game? He did not put the man on second. That is a really good question that we may never know the answer to because I don't think, I don't think happen, we're ever going to. I don't think we're ever going to see a pitcher throw a complete game through the tenth again. I think the days the days of uh, Jack Morris in the World Series are over with. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know the answer. I, I wish I did. And uh, if anybody does know an answer to Jeff's question, uh, give us a call or drop us a text, and we'll try to get that on later. Thanks, Jeff. Gary, welcome to KMOX. Yes, sir. Um, as far as the uh, NFL goes and San Kroenke, uh, can we just you know, just settle on brick and mortar, have the NFL build the stadium, and then have the team on there? Tell you what, uh, that's, you know, some people might go for that. Um, this is going to be a matter of, uh, it's just going to be a matter of, at the end of the day of how desperate they get and what they're looking to offer. And again, this is all about the books and this is all about these owners not wanting the players union, not wanting reporters, not wanting heck, maybe family members (laughs) to be able to get a good look at uh, just how much money they're making and how they're making it. And we are about to find out if this case continues in the direction that it's moving right now. We are going to find out just how much they are willing to pay for their privacy. And that could be a stadium and a team and a whole lot of other things potentially. Uh, it's just going to largely depend on, uh, you know, what also what the folks here in St. Louis are willing to do. They may be thinking, we want to go all the way with this. They may be thinking, who cares if we win? We want to we want the to expose them in in open court for what they are and what they did. Uh, I don't know if that vindic that sort of vindictive attitude would be the most productive as far as what the city would be benefiting from twenty years from now. But you know it's it's that's not my decision to make. But it's going to be interesting to watch as we move forward. 
We'll be back in a moment. Right now, it's 832 on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Your home of Abilicans, Chiefs, and Cardinals. I like sports. Listen to sports. America's Sports Voice. KMOX. And we're back, Campbell X at your service on a Tuesday night. I'm George Sells with you up until 11 o'clock. Of course, all the talk for the last year and a half or so has been COVID-19. And here in the St. Louis area, we have been really, really fortunate to have the Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force keeping an eye on things, continually updating people on things. And Dr. Clay Dunnigan, who is the BJC Chief Clinical Officer and the acting head of that task force, is joining us now. Kind of you to join us, doctor. I know you're doing lots and lots of these. You must be getting tired of doing interviews at some point. Oh, no, it's it's, it's all good. I'm happy to help. The big news, I saw a little bit of your briefing this afternoon, and it looks like the big news to start with is we are seeing a downward trend in our area once again, finally. That's right, George. We're, we're regional case rates are down more than 40% from their August high, and our hospital admissions are down nearly 50%. So that's really good news. Uh, but the caveat is we're still seeing cases at about five times the rate we did in, in June. Hospitalizations are about two and a half times what they were. So we've got, we've got a ways to go. And you say a ways to go, and I assume that uh, the biggest thing we're working on here, the biggest thing that we've got to be cognizant of is vaccination at this point. Is that is, is that kind of where your emphasis is? I mean, everybody is sort of doing social distancing almost naturally now. Masks, obviously, they're out there. There is some debate over them, depending on where you are and who you ask. But uh, do you consider the vaccination piece of this to be your primary thing right now? Um, that's right. You know, the distancing and masking has always just been a temporary aid to trying to keep things at bay while we build up the uh, level of immunity in the population. Vaccination is definitely the way to get a firm handle on this for the long haul. Uh, whether people have been sick with COVID or not, vaccinating uh, consolidates the immunity and makes them much more resistant to future infections or for serious consequences. That's really got to be the focus for from now on uh, until we get to past the uh, pandemic. And that's the one question you hear people a lot saying, "Oh, wait, I'm already I've already had COVID. I don't need to be vaccinated." You're saying that's not the case. No, um, it's it is true that some people who have COVID will have long lasting immunity. At least that's the way it looks so far. 
but the response of the immune system to natural infection is much more variable than the response to vaccination. So we can't be sure when someone's had COVID whether they remain uh, resistant for a long period of time. And in fact, we, we know people can get second bouts. Um, we also know that if you give a vaccination to someone who has had COVID, it really amps up their immunity and gives them very robust protection. So we, we're recommending vaccination for everyone, regardless of their history of COVID. Now, speaking of those vaccination recommendations, a couple of things going on uh, very much in the news and will continue to be in the near term. For starters, a, a number of major businesses requiring COVID vaccinations. Uh, I actually, I work for St. Louis Public Schools. We're one of those groups that is, that is requiring them. And uh, you also hear about the, the, the mandate sent down from Washington, and we're getting in the direction of those deadlines. How much can this help? How much do you think that this is a positive uh, moving forward? I think it's a tremendous help. The last estimate I saw was that as many as 100 million people might be sub, uh, subject to those uh, requirements. And that would go a long way to shoring up some of the gaps that we have in vaccine coverage. In our own experience in the, in the four health systems that are part of the pandemic task force, while we had a lot of um, anxiety about it out of, the, out of the gate, we really have been able to get through this uh, pretty seamlessly. And I, I think we, we're seeing the evidence in our own workforce of decreased rates of infection. Um, so I, I think it will be a big help. What are you seeing along the lines of vaccine hesitancy? That's That's got to be a big concern. It's still out there in a variety of different ways, uh, rural communities and urban communities alike. What, obviously, we keep talking about educate, educate, educate. What do you see maybe beyond that as what we can do to get around this? And do you, th- do you see it maybe going away a little bit? There certainly has been a shift. There are fewer people who are vaccine hesitant than at the beginning. Uh, we Again, we've been able to see it somewhat in our own workforce, but also in other places. I think the, the Delta variant caused such havoc in the population, caused so many people to be hospitalized and deaths in, in even younger populations than we saw in the first waves that uh, a number of people um, came around to the idea that a vaccine and the protection it would promise was a lot less risky a proposition than uh, than taking a chance with COVID. So um, those who were waiting to see if the vaccine was effective and waiting to see if there might be long-term consequences, I think those data are in, and many people went ahead and made their choice to get vaccinated. We're still seeing you know, misinformation that's affecting people's choices, whether it's um, the misinformation about it affecting fertility or potentially harming pregnancies, those things have clearly not turned out to be the case. And in fact, um, if you are a pregnant woman uh, and haven't been vaccinated, that should be a first order of business. It's just uh, been very discouraging to see pregnant women have complications and uh, some have even lost their their babies or their lives during pregnancy. Um, there's also the unfortunate political overtone and um, you know, we just got tangled up early on with the, with the alignment of vaccination with a political orientation. And that has really done everyone a big disservice. Uh, but there's still some of that, uh, that hanging around. On the misinformation front, does that just make you mad sometimes? I mean, do you not want to reach through the Facebook screen and just smack somebody once in a while? Well, 
<laughs> it does get frustrating. And, uh, you know, we in healthcare, we take care of everyone, no matter what their belief system is or, or what, what they think. But um, it's very hard when you see 75% of the people in the hospital, 80%, um, who have COVID are unvaccinated. And you see um, unvaccinated people getting into the intensive care unit, lining up on ventilators and dying. It's very hard to to look at that, understand that there's a high likelihood those deaths would have been prevented if people had only been willing to get vaccinated. So, um, so it's it's an emotional roller coaster for for many of us in healthcare to to see this unfortunate calamity unfold. As a physician, you've got to see that fairly regularly. The 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 family member or even the patient who. You know, the regrets go to a point of, you know, please, please begging. Can you can you vaccinate me now? I've heard, I've heard those stories. Have you seen that yourself? Um, yes. And and again, you know, it's it's heart wrenching uh, misunderstanding of how vaccines work and what they can do and when. Um, and there there are some patients who stay resistant to the end, who who, for whatever reason, don't believe COVID is real or that it's part of some um, some other sort of plot. But. There are many people who I think just didn't believe that COVID could be that severe. They were healthy and they thought they would do fine. And then when they're in the midst of what really can be a very serious illness, start to realize the, the uh, consequences of the decision they've made. But when you're in the, in, in the hospital, very sick, uh, potentially on a ventilator, you know, it's too late to make that choice. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that we're all seeing. Tell me this. Uh, my, I've got a 12-year-old and a 16-year-old. They both were ready to go get vaccinated the day they were eligible. How long until we see 5 to 11-year-olds? I know that Pfizer has talked about, uh, you know, they've made the application to the government for this to, to be approved. What are you hearing through the grapevine amongst those who are kind of running these efforts as far as when we can realistically see this happening? The FDA is supposed to hear advice from their um, advisory committee uh, a little bit later this month. And I think right on the heels of that, just as happened with the licensing of the Pfizer vaccine, we'll see the CDC convene their advisory group to, um, to look through the FDA recommendations and make a decision. I suspect that uh, by the end of October or early in November, we'll get the go-ahead to start vaccinating uh, kids that are in the 5 to 11 age range. So that um, would, and that'll be w- welcome news, you know. And that would mean it would be, it's, there's a legitimate possibility then that we could have uh, kids of that age group fully vaccinated by Christmas time. Absolutely right. And that would be a, that'd be a great gift because I think that would take a lot of pressure off of, of people trying to figure out how to manage through the holidays. Well, that's a big piece of news there. Final question for you, Doctor. When am I going to get to stop wearing this mask in public? <laughs> that's the question everybody wants to know yeah well first of all you know it's you don't always have to have a mask on outside certainly when you're not in uh, in with other people and you're just enjoying the outdoors of course you don't need a mask and if you are you know at a small backyard barbecue with people you know are vaccinated you don't need a mask for that it's really when you get into situations where there may be people who are or ill uh, who don't whose vaccine status is unknown um, so a, an outdoor crowd or when you get indoors, um, we're seeing rates head down pretty quickly. 
we don't want to pull the trigger too soon on taking those restrictions off. But I'm really thinking that over the next 30 to 60 days, we'll get a good sense of whether rates are going to continue down, in which case we, we, uh, we may be able to set our uh, masks aside by, say, the end of the year, or whether the winter is going to provoke another turn up where we need to keep, uh, keep the mask going for a while. But I think right now um, we, the safest thing is for us to continue. Uh, we are seeing a downturn, but um, it is possible for us to, to lose a grip and see rates turn back up if we're not careful. So got to be careful, but maybe, just maybe, some light at the end of the tunnel. Dr. Clay Dunnigan. Absolutely. Dr. Clay Dunnigan, BJC Chief Clinical Officer, Acting Head of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force. Thank you so much for taking some time and joining us on KMOX. Happy to do it. Thank you for having me. And it's 848 on KMOX. Trusted information, live and local. From the award-winning KMOX Newsroom. And it's 8.51 on KMOX. Tuesday night, George Sells with you. Up until the 11 o'clock hour, KMOX at your service is the program. Speaking of public service, the police were out serving the public on Interstate 70 the other day. Larger, or over the weekend, it was larger than normal presence out there. And it is because they are refocusing yet again on that stretch of Interstate 70 runs past the airport up there through North County. Uh, The operation this time is being called I-70 Impact. They had, uh, they gave out 85 tickets over the weekend. 49 of them were for speeding. County officers also made one DWI arrest. And my question to you, or just, you know, speaking sort of rhetorically is, how long are they going to keep focusing on this one stretch of road? It's, it seems like it's constant and it does not seem, and I might be wrong. So if if I'm wrong, please feel free to call in and correct me, but it does not seem like this stretch of highway is that super dangerous, you know, know, blood alley down in Jefferson County. I get that. I've driven that road. It's a little scary to drive. I've covered accidents on that road when I was working in news. Uh, this stretch of I-70, it just seems like, uh, you know, quite frankly, a great spot for smaller municipalities to rack up speeding ticket revenue. Now, I don't mean to be that guy who's constantly suspicious. And, you know, sometimes we can take people at their word and, Again, this is not the first time that an operation like this has been run. This time, uh, St. Louis County police are involved. I know that there was a a deal a few years back where all those small munis were working together and kind of teaming up between their departments uh, to to run a task force, so to speak, uh, in the area as well. And maybe I'm missing something, but... Boy, it sure does seem like a convenient spot for a speed trap. You do it all right by the airport where you get people, oh, God, I'm going to miss my plane. Got to hurry up. Not flying southwest, so the flight hasn't been canceled. Got to get to the airport. I had a friend in from out of town years ago who actually got a real hefty speeding ticket because he was late for his flight, going too fast, and a little bit lost because he was from out of town and uh, cut across 
four lanes to get to the exit while speeding, and they wrote him for reckless driving, which was uh, probably overstating it, but uh, that was a heck of a ticket on that front. Anyway, just interesting to observe the places where the police like to get out. Later on, if you want to give us a call, 314-436-7900. If you know of... uh, Tell us your your most feared speed trap around town. What's the spot? What's the spot that you're worried about when you go driving? The place where you almost reflexively slow down. Feel free to give us a call again three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. You can hit me up on Twitter at George Sells if you'd like to drop in a note there. And if we get some interest in this, we'll come back to this. I think we can compare notes. I've got a spot that I know I always look out for. I will share that with you. If you share yours with me, that is going to be, that is going to be our pact tonight as we get, as we get toward top of the hour right now, it is eight 55 in the evening, a beautiful night in downtown St. Louis. And you are listening to KMOX at your service. Back in a few. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.